Hello everybody and welcome back to Chapter Tactics where we talk about tactics and strategies for both new and veteran players alike. I am your host, uh, Magikarp Usefly, also known as Matt, and with me today we have a returning co-host that has been gone for a while, but he's back today, uh, Demeki. Hey everybody, how y'all doing? Welcome to Tactics Chapter. <laughs> is that your dyslexia just like coming yeah. out for a second? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Special guest joining us today as well, we have... The one, the only, Alex McDougal. Wow, what an intro. <laughs> Alex, how about you uh, tell everybody who you are and uh, why why they should listen to what you have to say? Oh, I'll tell you who I am. Listening to me is up to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, my name is Alex. Uh, I've been playing Warhammer for about 20 years now. Um, I've always been uh, on the Bugs bandwagon ever since I started. And uh, I hopped around a little bit, but I've always, I haven't always been a competitive player, uh, but I've always played to kind of become better at the game. And then kind of as the, I don't know, the, the show ramped up in 8th edition and everyone started getting into the game um, is when I really decided to go like, let's, let's see what we can do with the big tournaments. Oh yeah, and like uh, when when it comes to competitive 40k, we actually have an article on the Frontline Gaming uh website um interviewing alex and um you were saying that you weren't even uh expecting to be in the position that you are at where like you have like this kind of almost like this sense of authority right with uh with <laughs> with 40k because uh you're such a top table player right yeah i mean i guess it was one of those things where it the idea of having like pro coaches and pro players is just still seems kind of foreign when you've been doing something for 20 years and then people are like hey i'll pay you to teach me i'm like oh this is weird <laughs> it, that is that, that that's a teacher right that's what teachers do yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> you know they're they're learning life skills like yeah. uh, you know how to do your taxes <laughs> dude if i was taught how to do taxes when i was in high school i would be in a way different spot in my life than i am in now <laughs> i'm gonna let you know in a secret no you wouldn't because yeah, we'd all get yeah. that we all get taught that, and they would like tune it out anyway. Yeah, no, I guess that's true. That's true. Uh, Demeki, uh, you haven't been on for a while. Do you want to tell people uh, what's been going on in your life? Oh yeah, so uh, my second uh, daughter has been born, and I've been getting little to no sleep. Uh, just like today, I woke up at seven a or I went to bed at seven a.m. and I woke up at one p.m. Um, cause I'm trying to take over night shifts so that my wife can get more rest at night and then I suffer. That's pretty much how it goes, you know, but yeah, that's pretty much been it. Uh, I had to entertain my mom when she came out and, uh, just been super busy with the baby. Gotcha. Gotcha. Still been painting so, though. Yeah. Congratulations on that one. The Tau codex dropped as well, uh, along with your baby. It's like two babies being born at yeah. once. <laughs> oh yeah, my baby, and then my baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So in today's episode, we're not talking about the new Tau Codex. We are talking about Tyranids. Uh, kind of just going over uh what they um you know how they're performing nowadays with the new uh, chapter approved that just came out and everything like that. Um, how they're gonna be facing up against things like the Tau and like the Custodes. Um, and just kind of just picking the brains of Alex McDougal here. Uh, but before we get into any further 
into this podcast. This episode is brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get amazing game mats for not just your 40k games, but almost any tabletop game out there. Purchase miniatures at a discount and join some of the largest 40k events in the industry. They also have some of the largest um, 40k podcasting networks in the business with shows like Signals from the Frontline, Chapter Tactics, uh, which you're listening to right now, The Thursday Show with Adam Camillari, and so much more. That's FrontlineGaming.org, or you can click on, on uh, the links in all the social media goodies out there. Whew, we got all that out. Yeah. It's time to start talking about the Tyranids here. Uh, Alex, how about you tell us uh, how long you've been playing the Tyranids for, and uh, kind of like the the evolution of the Codex leading up until now. Well, if I've been playing the game as a total for like 21-ish, 22-ish years. Uh, I've been playing Tyranids for at least 18 of that. Um, it's definitely been interesting to see it go through all these different iterations of we want you to play Hordes, no, nah, actually we want you to play big monsters, and back and <laughs> forth. Um, the 8th edition Codex was pretty wild. I remember when it first came out, we didn't really know what was going on. The mechanics of 8th edition hadn't been figured out yet. And then we figured out that if you can do anything twice, it's really good. So an yeah. army can move twice and shoot twice and fight twice, very strong. Um, so that's probably what carried the Tyranid Codex for a very long time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Demeki, being a player that doesn't play uh, Tyranids, but you fought against them multiple times. What do you think about the army? Because it's always interesting hearing what other people think about Tyranids uh, compared to what Tyranids players actually think about Tyranids. I think the funniest thing to me was uh, when we started back in eighth, and like I was playing Tau, and Tau was the shooty army, and then playing against your Nids with Hive Guard and all that. And I'm like, wait, I thought I was the shooty army. Like, y'all have <laughs> way more shots than even I do. And they're better. They're like hitting on threes. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nonsense. Yeah. Not the case anymore, though, right? <laughs> no, not the case anymore. Yeah, yeah. Tao's Al day has come. <laughs> Alex, um <laughs> where where do you uh where do you actually uh put Tyranids uh, as of right now, moving on with uh, this conversation here? I mean, are we talking pure Tyranids? Or do we wanna like sub that down into are like Are we talking about like the super faction and everything? Uh... Yeah, I would I would still put forces like right near the top. Uh yeah. Tao is bad for them. Mm -hmm. Um SMS is not good. the The whole issue with Tyranids for being a competitive faction right now is like they hit crazy hard. You've got good speed, um, and they play the mission really well. But they still have that one big flaw of like they just can't, please don't touch me. I'm not tough. I can't take a punch. And Tal with SMS goes, "Well, look, you can't hide from us. So too bad." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel that on a on a. I feel I feel that like spiritually, uh, mm -hmm. in my heart. Uh, but yeah, so besides facing up against Tau, where do you think, I guess, like the super faction of Tyranid sits with Force of the Hive Mind, Pure Tyranids, and even Crusher Stampede? Oh, it's in a super strong state right now. I'm sure, like, Crusher Stampede is going to take a little bit of a hit from the missions, I think. There's more missions with more objectives, which is not great for them. Um, there's a couple more things where you really need, like, actions. Like, there's more things that need to do actions. And Crusher Stampede doesn't like that. But Forces Hive Mind plays the mission incredibly well. Uh, my list basically didn't change at all. I need to find 30 points for Hive Guard, and away you go. And a lot of other armies took a hit too. Like Custodes is one of the strongest, and they are not a huge fan of the new missions. Again, 
like you lose one guy to your unit, you no longer hold engage. Um, Drakari took like a general nerf, and that was obviously another one of the big top dogs. So overall, I think they're still in a fantastic position. Yeah, definitely. A lot of armies got hit on the chapter approved. It was a it's kind of nuts uh, seeing things get point hikes when we when like the general consensus was like, why? <laughs> I mean, that's what I said as soon as I saw the Death Guard. Like, I was like, why? Like, <laughs> what? It's that Simpsons meme. Like, stop! He's already dead. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. How, how did the chapter approved like hit your armies, Demeki? And then so, even the bounce I mean, late because uh, you can't even run Thick City as much as you used to anymore. Yeah, so you can't run Thick City, uh, or Thick City's just not as good. Um, like, Jukari got hit with that. Uh, Death Guard got hit with unnecessary points, I think, uh, just because, like, I like they raised the points on the DSTs, which the DSTs are, yeah, a very strong unit, but, like it didn't make sense to to hit them with a point increase because the army was just it wasn't a subpar army like i would say their codex is probably one of the most balanced codexes uh mm -hmm. but and that's my hot take but like i don't feel like death guard needed to be hit with a points increase of any kind like it wasn't there was nothing throughout the year that said death guard needs a points increase right mm. like to me um what else uh, happened? Dark Angels like yeah. kind of just uh, stayed the same, and yeah. I think that was essentially it. Yeah. Now on the Tyranid side for chapter approved, uh, we got hit with uh, Hive Guard going up in points. Understandable. Uh, <laughs> yep. That definitely deserved. <laughs> yep. We get that. Um, I don't even think Tyranid players like running Hive Guard anymore. Like, well, I mean, like not in the sense of uh, we're we bring them because we have to because it's like one of the best units but it's not because you know like we, we kind of feel bad sometimes when we bring it because there's a lot of armies that just can't interact with them um which feels bad i, I understand that uh demacron also got a hit as well and then for some reason raveners uh they, they can take death spitters and and rending claws without any points increase uh don't know why they did that but you know that's pretty cool uh alex what do you think about the uh points changes for tyranids um honestly five points for hive guard i almost feel like we got off a little lucky mm -hmm. like i saw it i was like oh only five okay <laughs> um honestly it's probably the the more um measured approach that they could have taken i was expecting like maybe 10 but it'll probably be enough to make it so that people aren't spamming 18 or some garbage right yeah so, okay yeah. fine but yeah. i mean six is still like an auto include i have a meme in my phone somewhere that i made of like it's like atlas carrying the world on his back and mm -hmm. that's just Guard carrying the Tyranid Codex. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. It's just so good. Just ignoring line of sight. They did it for so long. There's other things that yeah. are better now. Like I actually think the Devil Gaunts are better than the Hive Guard, but mm. like it's been a long road of just like Hive Guard carrying the Codex. On the Dima Karen, I think is, I think it's probably overkill, except Crusher Stampede. Mm. Um, the, the it's interesting that you bring up like the Death Stroud Terminators. GW has a strange thing where they will like nerf something because it's in every list but that they need to look at the greater picker picture of like it's they're not in every list because they're broken and need to be nerfed they're in every list because it's all that faction has left yep oh, that is that is a hundred percent true <laughs> dude, they did that with the they did that with the um, gray knights right now 
<laughs> they did that with uh, demon demons as well. Um, yeah, the Slaneshi Greater Demon. Yeah, Bellator no, 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 and even uh, before that. Oh, um, the Keeper of Secrets. Yeah, the Keeper of Secrets. They nerfed yeah. her, and demon players weren't taking her because she was busted. It was just like the only like big monster that was any good left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same reason why they everybody in Death Guard takes PBCs too. I mean, because yeah. the indirect fire, but they lowered the PBC and raised the DSP. <laughs> like what? <laughs> you know, uh, they're they're just, they're they're just throwing darts at a board and just seeing what happens right now. Oh <laughs> man, it didn't make any the, sense. Yeah. The other funny thing is, since you were talking about memes, I saw one the other day. And it was like uh, a Tyranid player going saying, hey, I'm going to go build my list. And he's got like eight books in his hand just so he can make his one list. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, it's kind of crazy that like an eighth edition army requires that many books as of right now. Like, I think it needs the most amount of books out of every, out of any army that's out, including Admech, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, absolutely crazy uh I, I guess we can go on a tangent and kind of just talk about that alex what do you what do you think about all these books that you need uh for tyranids and uh how do you think that affects people that are trying to get into the game as a new player it definitely increases uh barrier of entry like monetarily speaking and just understanding like when people start to write up a list and they're like how are people even doing this like they don't even they're not even aware that the reason that their lists don't look like anyone else's is because they're missing like two of the five resources that they need. Um, like, yeah. I guess I kind of got used to this because if you started, even just like when eighth started, you started to see like the slow creep of books. You're like, oh, well, now I need Vigilus and I'm taking allies. So I need a second book. Like, if you were playing an Imperium army, you might have just four like hard codexes to play your army because it was like you'd have Marines and Imperial Guard and Knights and then like. You know, within the Imperial Guard, you could also sub in like an Inquisitor or something, and that was all legal as a single soup. So you had four of those books, and then you had Vigilus, and then you had something else. <laughs> like you had a library every time you hit the table. But now, for people just starting, like yeah, good luck, guys. Battle scribe, to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> Battle scribe and Waha to the rescue. Am I right, guys? <laughs> all hail to the lords and saviors of 40k. Um. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous because what you need uh, the core book. If you want to soup with gene stealers, you need the gene Steal- the new gene stealer book. Um, even though like as a new player, souping should not even be in your repertoire of like brain. It shouldn't be in the mentality. vocabulary. Yeah, um, and then you have like uh, the new Leviathan book. You have Forge World. You have also uh, um, a White Dwarf as well for Leviathan. <laughs> Like, it is ridiculous. Um, and then all the chapter proof stuff. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Moving on from there, though, uh, we talked about the chapter approved. Um, now, you're saying that for Forces of the Hive Mind, totally fine with it, uh, just because you're bringing so many uh, bodies anyways at that point. Uh, you have your, you know, neophyte hybrids. You have your acolytes. You have uh, pure strain gene sealers that can even do actions. All these, all these garbage units, quote unquote, uh, doing these actions and being these action monkeys for these uh, chapter approved rules. Uh, where do you stand on um, on Tyranids tackling these and like how are you uh, building your list for uh, for these missions and what do you think about like Crusher Stampede and these uh, new missions because that's like a huge favorite as of right now for Tyranid players. Well, the soup lists 
I mean, I guess, okay, it's better to start even before you talk about specifically Tyranids to talk about just every army. Mm -hmm. Every army that you build, you should try and build, like, two easy secondaries into it. Whether that's, like, to the last, or, uh, you know, if you're playing Custodes, you've usually got a pretty easy, like, stranglehold. Because, like, your whole army is just durable and designed to, like, crash onto objectives and stuff. So, usually it's, like, what? how can you build an army to do objectives while giving up the least amount of, like, garbage. Like, I gotta build the stuff to do the actions or do the secondaries. How can I do that without having to, like, set 200 points aside that just suck? But that's my, like, yeah. play the mission part of my, my list. And with the GSC, like, there's so many things that are just so cheap and get to do all of them. Like, if I'm taking Octarius Data, sorry, R&D now, and um, engage on all fronts, I can do that really easily with Acolytes. And I get to do both. They can hold a quarter and do retrieve Octarius data. Um, and it's 45 points. So what I'm feeling like I'm sacrificing to play the mission is, like, it's almost nothing. Like two, two five-mans? Yeah, 90 points? No problem. And if you don't get to kill them, they still slap in combat. Like, that oh, little yeah. five-man will come back onto your objective and clear something out. So they just they get to do the secondaries just so easily without all this extra effort oh yeah definitely and then like you can even upgrade one of them for what's it called like lying in wait for if you uh ever get into a pickle where it's like oh yeah uh they might just screen me out but they're on such small bases it's hard anyways to screen out stuff it's like a it's like just a little bit bigger than a lictor right rest in peace uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gone forever yeah yeah went into uh one of the best uh units inside of an army uh to just being absolute trash yet again it's uh yeah it's pretty sad so uh but that's forces of the hive mind but like how do you how do you how would you deal with uh uh the new ca with crusher stampede i mean i think crusher stampede uh, is probably still very good at playing the primary. That's what I learned. For people that don't know, so I am a Tyranid diehard, but I am very much a Horde player. Uh, like in Fantasy, I played Skaven. I just mm -hmm. love like huge armies. So Crusher Stampede came out, and I know a lot of people in like all the way back to 4th edition were like, yes, Nidzilla, I want to play all the big monsters. And it didn't really appeal to me, so I didn't put any effort into it. I didn't build any Crusher Stampede lists. I didn't practice against it. I also thought, because it was such a low model count, I'm like, nah, it's kind of some gatekeeper. Like, it's really strong, but it'll cap out at 5-1. and one. So I got to play Crusher Stampede for the very first time in my round of 8 at LVO. And yeah. damn, that was a surprise. That army <laughs> is crazy strong. Yeah, um, It plays the primary mission so much harder than I expected. Because, like, yeah, a lot of it isn't objective secured, but one of those monsters is every turn, and they're just putting 12 models onto every objective, like, repeatedly. So unless you have objective secured yourself, or you have, like, a weirdly large squad size, they just keep stealing objectives away from you, and it was, re it was way harder than I expected. Their secondary game might suffer, but they can still play the primaries really strong. And for them, I mean, there's always still, like, grind or assassination or... It's even like Stranglehold, again, just jamming a bunch of bodies on and saying, you don't want to kill me, but I'm going to force you to kill me because otherwise I'm just going to generate three points every turn. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know what's funny is that uh, Chris Stampede, like, um, when I was looking at the new secondaries, like Psychic Interrogation, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a great secondary now for Tyranids. It just, it, it's pretty easy to do. 
And then uh, in Crush Stampede, I realized that you kill characters so easily that you're just not going to get your max points on it because it's just way too easy to kill the characters um, with Crush Stampede. Uh, Demeki, I don't think that you have yet to face Crush Stampede. No yet, one, have thank you. God. No one, thank God. <laughs> oh, he has new talent book now. He doesn't care anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you can so face I'm, off against it. The Crusher Stampede wasn't around yet, right? For SoCal. That was back in October. Yeah. It was, so uh, I, don't so think I so. wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even been able to play against it back then. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to LVO because my daughter was born literally that week. So, yeah. No, I have not played against Crusher Stampede, but I've heard the horrors of Crusher Stampede. Uh, yeah Yeah. i believe i believe bricky uh tweeted as soon as he got done uh with lvo i believe it was f crusher stampede (laughs) it's it's definitely brutal um all that uh, indirect fire man yeah indirect fire just big monsters in your face all that stuff uh alex uh i kind of want to just keep uh (laughs) uh prodding you here because it's 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 so crazy to me that uh, you never fought against Crusher Stampede leading up to LVO. <laughs> and then going into LVO, you had to face it, I think, like in the semifinals, right? Um, Round of eight. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had to you had to face off against that. Like, <laughs> what was your game plan going into that? And, like, how do you feel about it now that uh, you fought against it? Uh, it's a lot stronger than I thought. Um, and I already thought it was quite strong. Uh, It was definitely, like, his build was really, uh, really good for shoring up the weaknesses that I assumed Crusher Stampede would have. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you've only got essentially six models that are actively out on the board. They're going to have a limited number of things that they can do. But every model he took was, you know, like the Harpy and the uh, Scytherial. They were very good at dealing that, like, four to five wounds to like clear something off of an objective and then charge something else so they kind of were able to kill two things a turn especially against my army because my army was just like yeah everything is 10 models plus so the harpies are hitting on threes and stuff um my thought had been like get rid of the hive guard so they can't play the primary game because the hive guard are like oh you have two models left on that objective behind a wall that's fine i'll just shoot two hive guard at them and clear them off so it was like get rid of the hive guard try and get rid of some of the warriors because they were doing banners and then just you know slowly chunk down a couple monsters at, at a time and just spread out really thin so that he can't deal with three gene stealers over here and five acolytes over here and it yeah. kind of worked. <laughs> yeah yeah and it's uh it's interesting like because uh hive guard uh do so poorly or like they don't do that well into something that has minus one damage because of their d3 damage right so, um, how was that affecting like how you played the mission? It's so strange that we're talking about like two different Tyranid lists uh, fighting against each other and trying to figuring out like uh, how how to face off against another Tyranid army. Um, but yeah, how how are you dealing with the minus one damage? Yeah, the Hive Guard just ignored the monsters. I don't think I ever shot them at the the monsters even once. Mm-hmm. Um, although I guess they got into combat very shortly. It's pretty hard to stay away from a thirty two pack of or thirty two movement Hive or uh, Hive Tyrant. Um, so my thought was what's actually better at killing the monsters than the hive guard is the devourer gaunts, the devil gaunts. Yeah, boy. Yeah. And <laughs> you actually take the malice scepter buff and put it onto the devourer gaunts as well, because then you get the AP on them. Like you don't get to the damage reroll, obviously, 
but that I mean, you're only winning on fives and sixes anyway. So fifty yeah. percent of your output just increasing in AP was great. So turn one, I killed this Demacaron from across the board with the, the Devourer Gaunts. I just redeployed right in front of the the Demacaron, advanced forward and just scooped it on turn one. Um, and then they yeah. got tagged by all the monsters and never shot again. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It did its job, right? Uh, you know, it's, it's surprising because a lot of people say, oh, man, Hiveguard are the reason why Tyranids are so strong. And, like, I definitely agree with you where it's not the Hiveguard really. Like, Hiveguard can definitely be a menace, but it's the it's really the Devil Gaunts that are the backbone of uh, Tyranid lists, especially right now. Um, it's, like, what, 186 points for, like, 25 or 26 of them, something like that. Um, so you still get to the last with your Hiveguard units. And then, like, uh and and then they just have such a huge volley of fire um anything that has a three up save is just literally dead it is so strong um yeah so is is that what you usually say to people is that it's not the hive guard does its job but like the devil gaunts are really the unit that is the actual backbone of the army yeah because it, it's the thing that does more than just damage like mm-hmm. I've got are just there as damage. And I guess I use them as a primary tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I try and put them in a position where they can hit multiple primary objectives so that you have to put something substantial onto an objective. Otherwise, I will just remove it with the Hive Guard. But yeah, I mean, for raw damage output, it's all about the Devourer Gaunts. I think, I think it was me and John, like Lennon, talking about it. And he says, yeah, I just take however many wounds they have and just times it by six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, have, you have good saves that's great you have three wounds here's 18 saves no worries yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely um now uh being a uh like uh and enjoying the forces of the hive mind build more how about you tell us the tactics that you're taking uh with gene Sewer cults and uh why you're skewing more heavily into gene Sewer cults than you are with uh regular tyranids you mean in that specific LVO list? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the thought process behind that is that the Gene Stealer cult stuff just didn't take any CP to fund anymore. Like For a long time, like, okay, so the 8th edition Gene Stealer cult book was fantastic, and it was a really strong, but it was definitely a codex. It was the last codex of 8th, so it was really fine-tuned to work in 8th. And specifically, we're taking three battalions, we're having like 21 CP a game because you would take the Warlord trait to have an extra D3. Um, and so, yeah, all their stratagems were very expensive, but that's okay because we had like just a bucket load of, of CP. And then we turned to ninth and we're being punished for having extra detachments. And as Gene Steeler Cult, you want extra detachments. So suddenly with the new ninth book, it goes, hey, all this stuff, we just get let you take upgrades instead of spending CP. You want to deep strike better? Okay, well, instead of spending three CP for perfect ambush, we're just going to give you, um, you know, whatever the new upgrade is called, yeah, but I can't yeah. remember. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Pay, pay 15 points instead of three CP. Yeah, like, all, oh, trap sprung. Bam, nailed it. Um, oh, is that, that's the one where, um, what, what, is trap sprung the one where you uh, come out of deep strike and have like a 3d6 charge? Is that the one? Is that it? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so good. Yeah. 15 points instead of 3 CP. So basically, I built this army that was just as good at combat as what I had before with like having Leviathan gene stealers that could use Relentless Flurry and having a Swarm Lord. And I took an army that could do all the same things, 
hit just as hard and needed like almost zero CP to fund it anymore. So now you just get to supercharge the hive guard and the devourer gaunts like every turn rather than just every once in a while. Or you had like little niche CP uh, abilities that like, ooh, I don't know if I can really afford that. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I can afford that now. So I'll you're a little bit more free with what you wanted to do. Um, and man, those new pure strains were just like such an answer. <laughs> so nasty. <laughs> yeah. When um, it first started, Gene Steelers were like such a nasty profile, and they've just been mm-hmm. outclassed by like everything at this point. Yeah. And then now new pure strains bring them right back into line. Where you look at that and you compare them like to an Incubi, you're like, yeah, that's that's pretty much where we want them to be. Yeah, definitely. Um, now Demeki, I don't think that uh, you've seen the pain of a Gene Steeler Colt pure strain Gene Steelers just yet. Um, <laughs> uh, Alex, how about you tell him all the nasty stuff that you can do with uh, with pure strain Gene Steelers, and then uh, we'll see what his reaction is to it. Oh, this is a good live reaction. So the raw data sheet has changed for the better. We've gone from weapon skill 3 to weapon skill 2, so they don't need a broodlord chilling around next to them or anything anymore. Uh, they are just four attacks instead of three going up to four if you have over ten. Uh, they are AP three all the time, so the entire squad is equipped with acid maws now, and they have a four plus invulnerable save all the time. So they are just that much more durable. And if you take them in twisted helix, then they get plus one to their move, plus one to their strength, so they're strength five all the time, and you get uh, maybe transhuman. So yeah. you can, can't be wounded on twos anymore. Also, there's a spell to give you up to five attacks, and there's a spell that you auto-wound if you roll a six to hit. Yep. Bro, that's, <laughs> that's, that's really just, good. Listen, all right? Very good. <laughs> the thing is, Demeki, that's just scratching the surface. There's so much yeah. more. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but they're, they're an elite unit, right? Or they they're not are elite. Large. They are not mm-hmm. troops, which is a big deal. That did catch me a couple times before. I'm like, oh, I don't hold that right now. That's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they do get. Uh, you can upgrade them so then they can get a pregame move as well. Uh, okay. They can pregame move. I think it's nine inches. Or uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, it is a pregame move up to nine. Mm-hmm. So if you're twisted helix, you can go nine. Yeah. Uh, so you go. Uh, you go nine. Uh, and then you move again, advance again. Um. And then uh, you can also have another unit come out of Deep Strike and charge 3d6. And then you can have another unit where uh, you don't have to cast the Psychic Power to give them plus one attacks. It just has it automatically as well. So lots of crazy stuff there. I remember, too, when we were going over the Gene Stiller Cult Codex, like all their stratagems are cheap. Like most of them are just one. They don't have too many. They're like two. Yeah, they're basically all one. There's like yeah. a couple, the, the ones that are two are like wildly strong too. Yeah. Like if you're spending two, you feel good about it because it's like, oh, that squad just can't be shot anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a pseudo, uh, like a pseudo bodyguard rule almost, right? Right. Um, it's it's pretty good. The GCR Colts uh, book is like incredibly good. Uh, Alex, what do you think is the strongest parts of the GCR Colts book? And uh, uh, is that something that you're thinking about, like? teching into or have you already teched into it um especially with like the new points changes with uh hive guard going up in points like what what are the main stays of the gene Cult books that you would play with all the time okay so um as far okay i make gotta collect my thoughts here this is a bit yeah. of a 
a talk. It, it's... So the J.C. LeCole book is excellent, and it's very well internally balanced. If we're talking about the best parts of Gene Steeler Cult, I honestly couldn't tell you. I think it's very well-rounded. There's almost no units in that book left behind, except for aberrants who will, I guess, pay for their sins forever. Um, Rest in the... peace, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys, man. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I mean, it's, partly, it's partly my fault. Like, yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> So as far as like what's the best in the book, hard to pick out, which is a good thing. That's fantastic. We want to be able to use every part of the book. Um, overall power level, I think, is really good. It, I don't see a, a time in the future where they're specifically going to have to nerf GSC, whereas I can already see the bullseye zeroing in on broadsides. Um, like, that's great. Your army's very strong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that was like a mediocre unit in the last codex, like. Yeah, until yeah. until the psychic awakening came out we got the prototype weapon but yeah yeah, yeah but even so, then <laughs> yeah. yeah there's certain things that you can see in the meta that are like already getting zeroed out and i don't really see that with gsc which is cool that means that they're probably going to be okay for a long time um you can definitely see that it was one of the codexes that was designed before they said hey no more uh sub faction soup the Gene Stealer cult cults are very specific, where like Twisted Helix only benefits your combat. Popper Princes only benefits your combat. And then the other ones are the things that benefit your shooting, with zero buffs to any of your combat. And it's very obvious that they designed, like, you should be taking Twisted Helix with Rusted Claw or Bladed Cog or something like that. And then we can't do that anymore. So that might hurt them a little bit of longevity, but, I mean, the Codex overall is still so fantastic. I have, like... I really don't have any complaints about it. Originally, my thought for the beginning of the year was I was just bored of Tyranids. And not that I'm bored of Tyranids, it's just that the Codex only has two remaining data sheets. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> like, true. <laughs> the rest of it is just gone. I'm bored of Hiveguard, and I didn't want to keep playing with them because they're just, I understand people's frustrations, and it's not making me a better player. So my mm. initial thoughts was I thought I was getting the Tyranid Codex in like August. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to play pure GSC. I'm going to have a ton of fun with this book. It's super deep. It's super interesting. It's not overpowered. I will have to work and flex my skills to do well with it until the Tyranid Codex comes out. And they were like, just kidding. It comes out in a month and a half. <laughs> and now I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm... You're just on standby still, you know? Yeah. We're, we're, we're just it's just going to happen sooner, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um so um what 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 would you say are the strongest units out of the uh GSC book? Um yeah. I mean, I would go with luckily, okay. So this is something that I think is really important for all of the books. Mm -hmm. If your troop choices are good, you'll have longevity. Like you look at uh 8th edition Marines, and like all their troop choices were either like mediocre or just bad. And that book dropped off in consistently so quickly. Acolytes are awesome. Neophytes are awesome. With those two things being good. Well, neophytes in pure GSC when you have access to crossfire and exposed. Those two units being like completely kick-ass is gonna hold that book over for so long. And I both I think both of those units are probably two of the top units in the book. Those mm -hmm. Pure Strains and Keller Morph are probably the four best things in the book. Oh, yeah. Even the Goliath truck, right? Mm, the yeah, Goliath truck too. is just really good, too. Um, 
Now, uh, what 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 are your thoughts on um what's it called uh, Adeline Jackals? Okay, so they're interesting in the fact that they're not gonna like you're not building an army around them. Um, I yeah. tried, and it was actually a lot of fun, but it's not particularly good. It was like thirty bikes with the quads with the full package. You take them in Popper Princess, so they hit better. You have a Primus, so they get real ones to hit and to wound. You take the Relic, so you have a 5-plus invulnerable save on all the bikes. You take the Icon Ward, so you can resurrect them. You take a Biophagus, so they have a 5-plus feel no pain, and you just resurrect quads all game. Yeah. And it was so much fun, but I was like, this actually isn't really that great. This is kind of a meme. Yeah. Uh, but as far as just like two packs of four or two packs of five, I would put them in every single GSC army. I'd put them in my forces list. And I would continue to put them in my forces list probably forever. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, so I, good. They're so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> you could bring demolition charges with them. You know, they could just like pop something if they really, really have to, um, or at least attempt to pop it. Uh, and then uh, the, also they're bikers. So like uh, apparently, like a lot of missions, uh, they they enjoy bikers now. Like in a lot of secondaries, like uh, engaging all fronts and stuff, uh, which is. Which is they nice. can perform actions. A yeah. couple of the, the mission secondaries. It says infantry and bikes now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're done one of those utility units. They're not like going and winning you the game, but they're just like this nice like zone your opponent out, tag stuff, and then you can fall back and still shoot. You can perform actions with them. Yeah, they're fantastic. Definitely. All right. So uh, this one will be uh, pretty interesting here uh, because we have a player that plays Tau. How do you feel against that matchup uh, with uh, the new Tau Codex and uh, even Custodes? Custodes, I think, is a lot easier. Um, Tau is, like, the harder one. So what are your thoughts on that matchup? Because those are the big boogeymans right now. Yeah, I mean, Custodes is definitely, like, fairly even. Um, I haven't played Custodes since they received their points buffs yeah (laughs) for whatever reason actually i know exactly why that happened but that was just a conversation with one of the playtesters but uh the the newly buffed custodies they're probably going to suffer with because i was not prepared to have them suddenly just be wielding another 100 points but i don't think the game changes much with gsc compared to what it was before it's still a lot of like run to the corners do your secondaries um and then try and hold them back off of theirs. You, the GSC combat still hits incredibly hard, and you definitely get to still play a game against them. Rather than just like running away, you will still get rid of some of their army. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. It's a very like cat and mouse kind of game. Uh, but Tau, I, I don't know yet. It depends on what it is going to show for... Like, they're, they're such a skew army inherently. Like, they have mm-hmm. no combat. They have no shooting. It's, or, sorry, no psychic. It's just nothing but shooting. Their Overwatch mechanics are different now. They're a very, like, kind of binary army. Did you blow your opponent off the table? Or did you get wrapped <laughs> up right away? So, whatever answers that they need to come to deal with what's being thrown at them. Like, let's say everyone goes into one certain thing, and now they don't have the ability to deal with Crusher Stampede. And they mm. go, okay, well, gotta fit in, like, let's say two hammerheads. Two hammerheads becomes the magic number to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's enough to pull the broadsides out of the equation, where the broadsides don't just scoop your entire GSC army on turn two. Like, this is... Yeah, but yeah. That's, that's not a good sign, I guess is right. what I'm saying. 
like right. like praying that the meta like opens up possibilities for GSC and Tau is not a happy place to be. <laughs> yeah, I feel that 100%. <laughs> and like what what's crazy is also that like um when you are uh when you tech into something like fighting with custodes then like you're not teching into fighting against Tau. And it's like this back and forth of like which one am I going to be teching for for like any particular event unless you know exactly like what the meta is going into that event and what players are going to go into it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because Custodes, you know, you want to have a lot of like hard hitting stuff, but then against like Tau, you need like really hard resilience, right? Um, so how are you thinking about like playing that uh, uh, playing that problem out? I don't think my list would change much. Um, so usually what I do if I'm we're at this weird like crossroads in the meta because we don't even, we're not even talking about Eldar yet. Mm-hmm. And Craft World Eldar oh my is goodness, also yeah. a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, although they might be a problem in a similar way that Tau is, where like you're looking at the stats on they've revealed like night spinners and a lot of indirect and what they can do. Um, are you just going to get shot off the table? A lot of there is no durability in GSE. That's just not something that they have. Mm-hmm. There, I don't care how many trucks you bring. I don't care how many aberrants you bring. There's just enough firepower in the game that you're going to lose your models. So their durability comes from being off the board. Um, Tau now presents the problem of we're going to make your deep strike charges nearly impossible because we've got a minus two stratagem. So I think it's going to be... You, yeah, I'm going to build a general list what I think is sort of the best right now, where this weird crossroad, we'll see where the meta goes, and I'll slowly start to tweak that list to fight the top contenders. Like, if you look at the tournament, there was, like, a major in the UK this weekend, and Tau came first and second, but of the top ten, the like, six others of them were Custodes. I'm probably going to start teching for Custodes harder than Tau, even though the Tau ranked higher. Mm-hmm. Clearly, there's just more Custodes there, and I just hope that maybe the Custodes deal with my Tau problem for me. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like what I was saying to Matt, too, though, is that like looking at all the RTTs and GTs that are starting to show up in Best Coast pairings, um, I haven't dug deep into any of these yet, but like looking at the top eight, yeah, you see a lot of Custodes and Tau, but overall, tournament-wise, how much of those armies were there, right? Because we can't just say one army's OP if majority of the tournament was just Custodes and Tau, you know? We don't know how they're playing against all the other armies if they're just constantly playing against each other. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good sign that other armies aren't getting into that winner's circle. But mm-hmm. as far as making like a judgment call, like if... This this happens all the time. I've played. I've seen lists where I look at what it's bringing, and I look at what it does to my army, and go, "Oh man, I don't really be." I'm like, "Yeah, but no one's running it." Mm-hmm. I like. There's 760 people at LVO. I'm just gonna gamble on not running into that super hard matchup. Right. If there's only two of them, and there's 55 custody players or whatever there was, I'm just gonna ignore that too, and focus on the 55 players that I'm eventually inevitably going to run into if I'm wanting to win the event. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like someone saying, Oh, you know, I don't have to worry about night Lords. And then there's that one night Lord player at LVO that actually, that actually plays. Yeah. Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
you, you know, um, thinking about it, you know what uh, Custodes and Tao would kind of have a problem against? Uh, Necrons. Necron Catans. Yeah. Like, it's... <laughs> Surprisingly, no. right? Yeah. <laughs> Only able to do damage in one phase. Yeah. 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 yeah it's not too well, bad. One of the ones we were talking about for Thousand Suns, or sorry, I spoiled it. For Tau specifically, is Thousand Suns. Mm-hmm. That is an army, uh, duplicity specifically, because they can just start on the backboard and then they go, okay, turn one. Uh, here's 10 Terminators. They're minus one to hit, they're minus one damage. Um, there's four characters, or there's like a couple characters sitting behind them. Um, and here's like uh, Gate of Infinity, or not Gate of Infinity, uh, Infernal Gateway. We're just going to drop a nuke into your lines. You have zero psychic defense. I'll just start scooping the army up. And then next turn, you have one unit that you can deal with, and your SMS don't even affect my armor profile because all is dust. Mm-hmm. Like they have some weird potential hard matchups. I don't know if that's actually going to be the case. I don't know if nine railguns. Off the broadsides just goes. Actually, we don't care about that. But here's your mortal wounds. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to to see that like there are armies in the mix that could just kind of give a headache to these top contenders. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Um, seeing uh, if one day you know we'll see uh, we'll see Necrons in the top. Just watch. It's gonna happen. It'll happen. Hope, I'm hoping maybe maybe they'll get a Necron 2.0 codex <laughs> instead of just like space marines always getting the 2.0 codex yeah well they haven't received an army of renown yet that's true oh they could get something yeah because yeah. some of those armies of renown have been like the problem child oh, like yeah. the cult of strife stuff for <laughs> dark eldar <laughs> or Drakari. that was like one of the biggest problems like hey you want to see what a 70 point character can do <laughs> i was I, I just thought it was funny when the Drakari book dropped i was like oh i have to buy another book already to get these mm-hmm. nice stratagems and all these other things from Cult of Strife. Yeah. Um, so moving on with this conversation, um, how do you feel uh, about the future of the Tyranids army, especially uh, now that it's been announced that the new Tyranids Codex is coming up right after Eldar? Oh, I'm super excited about it. I am so done with that 8th edition book. Dude, same. <laughs> I'm so sick of it. <laughs> I'm so sick of seeing like Hiveguard all the time and like having to use them all the time. It's just like it gets so repetitive after a while. Like it, you keep falling to the same archetype of like, here's it's my like, hive. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Hiveguard Demas. It's like Hiveguard Demas, and then what, what? What's the Lord of War? The giant flying. Oh, well, that those are yeah. like memes. Those are memes, though. But like, yeah, but the Demon <laughs> Carries are really good. They still are really good, but uh, they got a point hike. They're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> they're like 280 points per model now. It's a. Uh, it's pretty expensive. Um, but like every time that I built a Tyranid's army, it always came up like oh, I want to take this. I want to take this. All right. I still need to put in Hive Guard. Okay, let's see. What can I take out for Hive Guard? And then it just kind of becomes like the same archetype over and over again because it's just, like you were saying, it's just the same data sheets. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where the joke was like every Tyranid army, you just start building 1,700 points. Yeah. Because the 300 is just the Hive Guard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many cool data sheets. In, or, sorry, a bunch of bad data sheets, but there's so many cool models in there and things that look like they would be fun to put on the tabletop. And then they've just been, you know, time has taken its toll where you look at the monsters and they don't make any sense anymore mm-hmm. that they degrade really poorly or they're just like, yeah, it's a combat monster. 
cool. Why did you give it three attacks and weapon skill four? Yeah. <laughs> that makes Dude. sense. <laughs> and no sweep attacks. Yeah, right? Um, but, like, it's it's also really interesting because, like, because of Stampede, we're seeing, like, these models that we've never seen before or, like, in a while coming back oh, to yeah. the table. Like, you know, uh, Harpies are incredibly good inside of a Stampede list. Um only 155 and points. Garbage outside of them. <laughs> yeah, and just complete garbage. But you know what? That's where Tyranids thrive, you know? Like, they, the more garbage that you can have where people don't want to shoot at it, the more you excel, you know? It's all about bringing the best trash that you could possibly bring. And Hiveguard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you know, you get to see the Harpies on the field now. Uh, Harspexes are actually on the table now, which is, like, pretty nuts to me. Um, I love the horror specs. It's like one of my favorite models. It's just that. Oh, it's so cool, dude! It's just so. It was so hard to get like my hands on it because uh, they come in the same pack as Exocrines. So like, which were popular for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're always sold out, and now they're sold out again. And I'm like, oh come on, give me, give me the horror specs. Just one, yeah. just one. Um, but yeah. So like, what do you think? Uh, like, what do you think is going to happen with the new? Uh, with the new codex like what are your what are the things that you want to happen and what are some things that you feel like are going to happen besides like swarm lord losing hive commander yeah the i think the most obvious one is that we're going to lose all, lose all of the double activations no more shoot twice no more uh move twice, move twice. fight twice yeah. all that kind of stuff completely expected they've just phased it out because it's like impossible to balance if you can do something twice then things go from twice as good to four times as good if you're like, this buff makes you twice as good, but now yeah. you can shoot twice. Like, it just multiplies way out of hand. Um, I hope they leave Overrun. Overrun is one of my favorite oh, strategies. Overrun, yes. And it's, it's not that powerful anymore. Like, it used to be that you could charge, kill, Overrun, fight again. It, it just, like, you could do oh, the, yeah. like, the wildest stuff. But now yeah. it's just, like, an escape button or, like, a move block button. And that's fine. That's not, a, mm -hmm. that's not overpowered. Um... I'm hoping for. I'm hoping there's still lots of movement shenanigans. I hope there's like, like I do like the uh, double move um, stratagem where you like can't shoot, can't charge, and you hurt yourself. Like that's yep. still very balanced, and it's cool to just like explode out with some trash hormigant unit and just move block. Mm -hmm. um, I like those kind of stratagems. Um, I hope there, as much as leadership doesn't seem to do much in ninth, um, I would love for some um, like terrifying like leadership modifiers. Because they're supposed to that be scary. That actually matter, right? Yeah. Yeah, guys yeah, are getting yeah. hit by Devourer Gaunts, and they show the, like, the the text for them is, like, they're literally just being eaten from the inside out, and guys are, like, going insane because <laughs> they're in so much pain. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, no, no leadership modifiers at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, that would be sick. I mean, like, there's so much, like, what, even in the new Stampede uh, Army of Renown, there's, like, a, there, there's a, uh, there's a stratagem where you uh, can subtract four leadership from a unit which is crazy yeah. like <laughs> but then it just ends up being nothing right because morale is just kind of nah, I lost. yeah it, it only affects hordes really yeah and there's just not a whole lot of hordes in the game mm -hmm. um so yeah like you do minus four morale to a marine squad and well they don't care they just lose like two guys maybe yeah yeah but then you go up to a horde, you use breaking through, and then that strat, and then it's like, oh, you're losing a lot more off of something that has yeah, no exactly. right to be there. <laughs> Which is yeah, uh, something like that. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Demeki, what would you like to see out of uh, <laughs> out of Tyranids? I know that you don't play them, 
But like, what are some things that you want to be taken away from Tyranids? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, what's some stuff that you don't want to see anymore? I mean, some of the stuff they've already started to fix. The exploding fives. I hated that. Oh, I yeah, hated on so the much. And stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and the hive guard because the hive guard used to be able to do it too, right? Exploding sixes or fives or whatever. They would get exploding uh, sixes, yeah. Yeah, they've already kind of fixed some of that stuff. What I would like to see is some of the cooler models hit the table, like the giant, like tentacle hentai looking monster. <laughs> you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, the Toxicrete? Yeah, I'd like yeah. to see that hit the table. That'd be cool. Maybe yeah. old one eye, some stuff like that. Like yeah. that that would be exciting. Anytime I'd like to go to the table and see something that's not normally there, especially for like all these other all these armies, it is exciting to me. Be like, what is that? I've never seen that. What's that do? Tell me what this does. Listen, listen, all right. All right. You know, old one eye right now, it's pretty bad, but <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can make him kind of hit like a monster. You know, uh, you can give him like exploding sixes. He still has like uh, modifiable um, attacks and stuff. Like, you can get him up to like 20 attacks, like with like strength 12 or something, AP3, three damage flat. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty nuts. There's some cool stuff you could do there. Old one eye. Yeah. Well, I so saw my question for you two, since y'all both play the army. Mm-hmm. Uh, what model would y'all like to see have a major glow up in the next book? Ooh, you want to take this one? I mean, we're. I, I guess we can talk about this because it's not like unofficial mm. leaks. Like we've seen some of the the data sheets already. Yeah. Like it's been the pictures of people buying a box. And then at the mm-hmm. back of the instruction manual, it shows the stats. And I think one of the coolest ones is that they split the profiles between the flying hive tyrants and the walking hive tyrants. Oh, yeah. One has a two-up save. One has a three-up save. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and one is yeah. T8. Yeah, yeah. So I like that because it was always like, it's like, why would you ever take a walking hive tyrant? 30 points for a guy that goes 16 over walls now? Yeah, every day. So it's cool that they're giving some value to like, I don't know, I guess the the child that was left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, like, yeah. Flying Hive Timers are still paying the price for, like, you know, the Flying Circus back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, <laughs> I, I yeah, guess I get it. Yeah. If I'm talking really niche, I want Tyrant Guard to be good. Dude, they're I forgot cool. they even existed. <laughs> <laughs> I just like these weird, bulky, I think the, I think the lore is that they're supposed to be harvested from, like, orc DNA. I so think they're so. Like really yeah. tough and durable, and I just like the look of them. They're just this big shield wall, and they've just been absolute garbage. This right, right from the get go, they weren't one of those mm-hmm. ones where they like they came out and then they've been like just kind of outdone by time. They right out of the gate, I was like, why wouldn't I just buy another hive tyrant? <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine if because uh, tyrant guard they kind of have like. A, they have a savior protocols ability as of right now, right? Like it's uh they can take damage for a, a hive tyrant. Um, you know everyone's getting bodyguard rules. Just give them bodyguard. Boom. <laughs> <It's that. laughs> bodyguard on hive tyrant, man. That's scary. That's especially that is now that we've seen that uh, venom cannons are flat four. Oh yeah, dude. But you know what? How about how about you tell everybody like what are all the leaks that you saw so far of uh, tyranids? 
<laughs> I guys, I've seen half the book. <laughs> I'm not going into. I'm not going into that. But oh, the okay, ones okay. That every, the ones that everyone has seen. I mean, we're looking at like far more um, updated profiles, like things that just kind of match everything else, like the Exocrine uh, TA two plus. The gun is strength eight, flat three. So like, it's really showing that this is kind of the damage you need to kind of perform with the rest of the the, the meta out there. It having 15 wounds is wild. I think it's kind of cool that they're giving them more than just your standard battle tank. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, 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 wait. Exocrines are getting 15 wounds? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see that one, huh? Well, I didn't. Oh my goodness, that is insane. Yeah. Uh, the weapon skill 3 naturally now. Um, or sorry, what? weapon skill 3, ballistic skill 3, strength 8, minus 4, flat 3, and it's 6 plus D3 shots. So I assume it will not be if you are stationary, you get to shoot twice. Yeah. So it yeah. makes the execute a lot more viable as like a general thing rather than having to feed it a CP every turn. Basically, just fix the mechanics of it. Yeah. Um, as for me, I would love to see the Tyrann effects more. Um, the Tyrann effects is pretty cool. I would like to see like a Rupture Cannon on it uh, like actually be usable because that's kind of a cool uh, ability. Um, yeah. Also, I want to see some love for the funny worm boys, you know, like the Molochs and the Trigons. Uh, I would love to see them used more. Um, a lot of the big bugs I really like. Um, and then uh, maybe the Turvagon, because the Turvagon's kind of just a meme right now. It's not very good. And uh, I would like to see it, like, get a little bit better uh, and make me want to actually buy one and not just be like, this is going to be a paperweight most of the time. And uh, I it just it just <laughs> restricts me from taking Hive Guard again. Uh, yeah, that's right. Well, sorry, go for it. Uh, uh, and then uh, and then I would just be like, uh, Hive Guard, change it so then it's not like ignoring LOS anymore, um, and just like do something else with them. That's what I would like to see. I mean, I'm like ninety percent sure that Hive Guard are just going to be bad. They're going to be treated like the what like. She always seems like no, they're done. Yeah, <laughs> bad forever now. Yeah, uh -huh. I, 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 w I would be happy with that. I guess, like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> as long as the rest of the codex is good. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. yeah, yeah. They're not oh. particularly fun to play or play against. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carnifexes, Carnifexes. Oh yeah, such yeah. an iconic unit yeah. that was outclassed by like everything else. Yeah, the dreadnought equivalent. That's not really an equivalent at all. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would love to see that. All right, uh, so we're going to hit the final topic here. Um, Alex, how about you tell us, what's the best way to beat the bugs? There's so many people out there that are saying that Tyranids are just way too strong. Uh, they don't need any more updates, uh, especially since like the Leviathan and Stampede rules uh, dropped. A lot of people uh, are becoming kind of frustrated going up against Tyranids. What are some tips that you can give people in order to beat uh, Forces of the Hive Mind, Tyranids, and Stampede? Well, I'll start with the forces list because that's what I know the most. Mm -hmm. And it is definitely a tough army to play against. It's a very hard army to play. It's a very hot uh, skill floor army. But it definitely does take a good amount of effort to play back against. The number one thing you can do is probably really play a game where you deny the secondaries. I know it can be challenging, but specifically trying to stop Rod is a big deal. Usually, uh, forces lists do not have a good third secondary. Usually, it's like two are good and one is kind of a, a gamble. So if you can take one of those good secondaries 
and make it not pan out, that's usually fantastic. If you're talking about sort of dealing with the rest of it, if you can start to whittle away at the horde or the, the little guys going off to hold objectives, you just kind of deal with those those outlying units. That's probably your best bet. Everyone kind of zeroes in on the guard. And sometimes you just got to take your lumps from the hive guard and you won't necessarily get to them. But if you can put all your firepower into those peripheral units so that the Tyranid player can't play the primary game, can't move block as well, uh, a lot of the th units that are dealing the damage, they're really dealing damage because they've been handed out a bunch of buffs. So if you can even just take a unit from 10 down to 5, those buffs feel a lot worse because the unit just doesn't utilize those buffs as well. Okay, okay, okay. Um, as for uh, Stampede, play Tal. Um, probably that's going to be your <laughs> best answer. <laughs> play Tal, uh, uh, yeah. Custodians with a million, uh, D3 yeah. plus 3. Yeah, Virtus Praetors or whatever they're called. Uh, watchers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can run those. Um, Tal is just going to be a really good answer against it. Um, also, just uh, Nuking Swarmlord. Uh, if you can get a line of sight on Swarmlord against Stampede, like the game is over. There, there's like almost nothing that uh, a Stampede. Yeah, you gotta hamper that mobility. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. uh, you, even you, you don't take Swarmlord anymore, right? With uh, your Forces of the Highbind build because of Pure Strains. As of the Gene Stealer Codex, I dropped Swarmlord right yeah. up until GSC Codex. I was still running him, but mm -hmm. then yeah, they gave us the uh, essentially a double move with the Pure Strains with the pregame move, mm -hmm. and then also the stratagem for. Uh, flat six advance. Mm. You don't have to roll, but you just get a six. So if you have a pure strain squad in a truck, they exit that truck eighteen inches. Oh yeah, because then they move three, and then they oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, three, <laughs> nine, oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> six. The auto advance. You just exit the vehicle at eighteen. Yeah, and yeah. To do your damage. Yeah. Which, if you're taking your regular Steelers, they move. If you're not. I mean, you're going to be Leviathan, mm -hmm. so you move like 11 or 12. So yeah, it's the difference of, yeah, yeah with, that's with the advance, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a difference of like 22 inches or 18 inches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, you don't have out. to pay 240 points for Swarmlord, you just have to pay 10 points for an upgrade. Man, I'll tell you, dude, Swarmlord, I feel like should be hitting harder, but every time that I bring Swarmlord, man, like he just like, his weapons just plink off anything. Like, it just does not do much. Well, have you seen Swarmlord's new profile? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Swarmlord is also T8. Okay. 2 plus 4 plus. All right, all right. Because they're getting rid of the 3 plus because the 3 plus Thank plus goodness. just don't exist anymore. He has right. 9 attacks. Mm -hmm. And he is strength 9, AP minus 4. But he has nine attacks <laughs> wait wait hold on uh i think you cut out a little bit what'd you what'd you say nine attacks a no before strength that. nine oh, AP strength what? nine ap minus four flat three okay okay all right all right i i i, I can dig it that two up is going to be really nice and t8 yeah yeah it's gonna make it's gonna that like strength four fire just not do anything mm -hmm. anymore mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh demeki uh, before we yeah. end off here, how about you tell us what you think uh, you would do against Tyranids, being a Tau player? Uh, being a Tau player, um, yeah. I'm going to execute. I, I think Tau right now, smart missile uh, system is just so good. 
So you're going to have to dig through the codex and find everything that could take a smart missile system. All that indirect fire. Uh, so your broadsides, uh, your big your big suits can take them. Your hammerheads can take them. Uh, even your troop choices can have one. So like smart missile systems are like the way to go. Um, they were they were good in eighth, but they're way with the new codex and everything going on in ninth. They're way better in ninth. Mm-hmm. Um, also anything that can generate uh, mortal wounds for Tal. So you got your broadsides again <laughs> with uh, their new <laughs> weird rifles. how we keep going back to that unit. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy, huh, guys? They're really good because thought- you know they're kind of cheap. I I really think they they undercosted that unit. <laughs> um. And uh, probably the the Riptide, because I believe the Riptide can uh, generate mortal wounds with its giant rail rail type gun. Um, the Hammerhead gunship, I feel like, is just a meme. Uh, everybody saw the the rail gun and was just like, "Oh, it ignores invuls," but like, uh, it's I think it's still T six, right? It's T six and what uh, T seven and fourteen wounds. Yeah. So like. Uh, I mean, it's it's good. I think that it would probably play better in Borkensup than Talsup, um, just because it will give it a little bit more survivability. Um, but yeah, like any anything that can generate mortal wounds for Tal, and also uh, the SMS, like it's the SMS is just shred. so good. It shreds so much. <laughs> it yeah. shreds so much. And then the flamers. Flamers do well. Yeah. Dude, the Tau flamers are insane. The oh, yeah. the, the Tau flamers and and the air uh air burst air, yeah, air burst fragmentation. Yeah, those things so good. I mean, they were good in eighth, but they're they they again got even better with ninth. Yeah. Um yeah. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Hey, hey, Demeki, okay? <laughs> well, this well, is I'm a Tyranid uh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> conversation, this, okay? But, all right. But I've yet to play my towel since the <laughs> Codex came out, so I'm, like, gushing right now, you know? Yeah. I think a good way to describe the railgun thing, though, talking about, how, like, on the hammerhead, is that it still suffers from that I only have one shot. Yep. There's yeah. still that, like, yes, you can start to manipulate the ballistic skill and stuff. What if your 150-point tank just misses or just fails to wound with its one shot? You feel yep. really bad. Oh yeah, and I mean that's why I would take the the uh, smart smart missile systems with them instead of like the burst cannons or any of their other uh, secondary weapons. It's like why spring the smart missile system? So then at least they have eight more shots mm-hmm. with in, in indirect fire. So absolutely, yeah. All right, so that's gonna be this episode uh, talking about Tau. No, I'm kidding. This is gonna be the, <laughs> that's gonna be uh, it for uh, this episode talking about the Tyranids. Uh, Alex, how about you tell us uh, where everyone can find you? Plug yourself up all over the internet. I mean, ninety five percent of you finding definitely okay. Oh, oh wait, I'm sorry, you're you're cutting out. Can you do it one more time? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's uh, Art of War 40k. Uh, okay. The coaching service that we have with uh, Nick Nonavati and Richard Siegler. Um, there's the Discord. Come join us there. And it's beyond the coaching. It's just a really good, healthy community. Um, you can also find me lurking around in the Best in Tabletop network, the recently rebranded Best in Faction. And that's Colin Sherman and Mitch Pelham. That's Pacific Northwest stuff. And that's also just another really healthy community. And they're producing content all the time now. And then uh, play on tabletop. I will be playing on that again fairly soon. And that's a Vancouver-based, oh slickest uh, 
battle reports you can find. Heck yeah, dude. What do you what do you think about bringing there to uh, play on tabletop this time? I'm hoping pure GSC. I think that'd be a lot of. But we'll yeah. see what happens because it's. I'm guessing it'll probably be on again in some time. In the summer, so we might have Tyranids by then, and then it might be pure Tyranids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demeki, how about you plug yourself up? Where can people find you? Yeah, everybody can find me at twitch.tv forward slash dicecheck and twitch.tv forward slash Demeki. Uh, and also on the YouTubes at Dicecheck's channel. And that's it. Yeah, boy. And uh, as for myself, you can find me at your local Walmart. Uh, probably Target, somewhere around there. Um, you can also find me on the internet twitch.tv forward slash PewDiePie. And uh, that's pretty <laughs> much it. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching this episode of Chapter Tactics. We'll see you guys in the next one. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. We love you. Bye-bye.